a, uh, an, I was almost going to say weekly Q&A, but now it's like bi-monthly, our bi-monthly Q&A <laughs> every other Wednesday now. But uh, welcome, everyone, and welcome, uh, Coach Alina. Hi, Daniel. Nice to meet you. Nice to see you and uh, uh, happy to be back because I know you took like a, a while from all this like video making and so on. So it's really nice uh, to be back again. Yeah. Yeah. For those, I had to share this on the channel, but for those who don't know, I was uh, taking some time off in Spain during the summer, which was a very nice time. And uh, yeah, I didn't, uh, you know, oftentimes I'm like, oh, before we have questions, we could talk about this. But I, I didn't prepare anything. But then I was like, I, I remember that you actually have rebranded your, uh, yeah. you know, your website and stuff like that. Well, you, maybe you want to share a little bit about that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So I basically renamed like, uh, um, like the, the YouTube channel, the, the Instagram and everything like under one, like a different name. So it's not sleep talks, but it's now like a fearless sleep. And there were like many reasons for that. And I've, I basically first I came up with a name for like for YouTube, right? Because it felt natural because I talk about it. So it felt like, you know, fine. But then when I started writing like also articles and stuff, then it was like already, you know, it doesn't, it didn't have the same vibe. Like it was more like a podcast thing or like a, a show name or something, but it was not representing, um, I would say, clearly the actual thing what i'm talking about here so i wanted also to maybe even kind of like narrow it down because i know that when we talk about sleep i'm or like think about like just the topic of sleep it can be so broad and you know we can think of anything by that like what, what is exactly like we can think about like sleep talks so i decided to really kind of make it so kind of specific so only people who struggle with something like fear around sleep they are more likely to maybe un like understand what this project is about. So that's that's why I, I picked this fearless uh, part. And yeah, I I hope it works. <laughs> I hope it works out. <laughs> yeah, that's super yeah. nice. And yeah, it makes sense. Like sleep talks that could be about anything. That's so yeah. true. And like fearless sleep, you 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 have a sense of what it's about. And, yeah. Um, and it's actually having like a double kind of double yeah, meaning. Yeah, tell us. Yeah. My original. My original meaning was that um, because when we struggle with insomnia and this like hyper arousal, there's so much fear around this topic, right? Around the whole idea of like falling asleep or whatever, right? So for me, like fearless sleep is that sleep without that fear, like not having to think about it, like to obsess over it. But then also it could be perceived like as fearless and like more courageous, you know? So there is like different dynamic, which is in a way like we do need courage, right? to be on the journey so it it has double meaning here so yeah yeah, yeah that makes a lot of sense and and uh yeah when you um you know you mentioned it i it reminded me of like one of the very very first uh you know communications we had when you described how you you know you know you, you know when you you had trouble sleeping yourself and you had these ideas like oh if i sleep on the left side of the bed uh my brain is telling me to do that again because I slept well there. So I don't do it. Like, and I, and I was yeah. like, Oh, that's like the fear, like a fearless way. Right. Yeah. 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 Totally. And, and since that time, like, yeah, for me, that fearless, the, the, the first like kind of like push to actually challenge my fear, that was like a, a big step. I would say that like, it gave me like new perspective because I was avoiding it for such a long time. Then I, I was basically for me, actually it, it kind of like, energetically and emotionally costed me more to not face the fear rather than face it so i feel like 
and I think we were discussing a little bit this kind of like when to use, when to be more like kind of fearless and when to be more like gentle. And I would say one of the indicators when we are ready for more like fearless approach to deploy more courage is actually when we look at our, um, like basically whatever is happening, is it worth waiting out in that, you know, like this, this avoiding life, avoiding everything. So sometimes we kind of, get close to this kind of state when we are more angry, more annoyed. And I feel like in that anger and this annoyance, there is a potential to actually take a step, like to take this leap. So I would say when a person is really kind of in the state when they really need to uh, go a bit easy, they don't feel that anger. They just feel like, okay, I'm, I'm really scared. And this is when maybe more gentle approach would be kind of like more appropriate but when a person feels like okay i'm done with it i i i, I hate this situation so I, I you know so there is some sort of like this drive that can actually um help us to just face whatever we were avoiding for such a long time and what we usually discover there like we get like new insights and and realize that what we were afraid of all this time is actually like nothing there is yeah. nothing to be afraid of yeah so that's um yeah that was definitely uh, really uh, good for me to go through that stage as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, thanks for sharing that. And by the way, there's yeah, some people are live here with us. Just feel free to post questions in the comment section, and we and we'll get to them. And um, we have actually somebody saying hi. It's Gigi. Hi, hello there from Homestead, oh, from Florida. Hand hello. pink waving. Hi. Hi, <laughs> nice Gigi. Here. And yeah, yeah, just spinning off of what you said. Um, one thing that I've found you know, coaching wise is when somebody says like, Hey, Daniel, like, I'm just like fed up. I'm so tired of this. I'm sick of it. That person is often saying that from a place where they're not necessarily feeling like they're making any progress. Like they're just like feeling kind of stuck, if you will. But when I hear things worded that way, that like, I'm so fed up, I'm just sick of this. I'm tired of it. To me, that's actually very encouraging because yeah. as you said, that they're so close to being in a place where they're like, I'm not playing this game anymore. I, I, I'm, I'm not going to try. You know, I'm just kind of there. They're very close to kind of ab abandoning the uh, the effort. So, do you have some? Do you feel like something similar? Yeah, exactly. I I do feel like stuff that originally feel like a defeat or something like I should not feel that are actually a good sign of you know of progress. So one of those is that yeah, feeling kind of like irritated, fed up with this. Maybe like anger shows up for me. That's a huge resource for actually like you know propel through this, like, you know, make a big leap on the journey. And then another thing is sadness, because for, to me, sadness and crying and whatever it is, that's a form of acceptance. Yeah. It doesn't seem like that because we usually perceive acceptance as this kind of like, oh, I am at peace. Everything is fine. No, but sometimes it can look differently. Sometimes it could be like completely like, I'm so sad. I'm, you know, um, I'm crying. And, and usually people after they, after they cry, um, after they kind of like admit that they they don't know what to do anymore and they kind of like give up. And after that usually happens this kind of like relief when things get a little bit like easier. And in that is that's also a part of acceptance. Or another sign, like a good sign is, at least to me, is that they're just like losing interest in the whole topic. They're like, they're engaging less. They They don't feel so much need to keep they don't have much questions. They don't want to watch any more videos or read something or research anything. To me, that's a wonderful sign, actually, like losing the interest. 
hundred percent more like neutral disinterest. To yeah, totally yeah. agree with you. Yeah, and um, yeah, we have we have a question here which I want to jump into, but uh, mm -hmm. I, I, there was something I, th I thought about you when this 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 thing hit my mind, which was a lot of people say like when as the struggle starts to fade, they are actually kind of feel sad or like you know it's not an exciting you know it's, it's not some tinge of sadness, and I thought we could call that like post-insomnia blues and like describe that mm. more you know it's kind of yeah, nice I right that. i love that <laughs> yeah that. yeah it, it, it does feel like that at least to me that's how it felt like i was kind of like kind of relieved and sad at the same time so it was like it came so naturally and that sadness was effortless and i didn't want to do anything with that sadness i just wanted to be with that and gradually it started transforming into basically taste for life and not yeah. for insomnia or sleep so that was like really um, a great moment to kind of like just be with that sadness because that's also part of that process. It's like, yeah. you know, this this um, this seven steps or whatever it is, like when you, you know, like you first, um, when something happens. Oh, there's know, like grief, like anger. Yeah, bargaining. Yeah, stages of grief. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, something like this. And at the, at the bottom, there is acceptance. So it's not in the beginning. First, there is like um, maybe... Uh, like anger or or whatever like i don't take this i don't accept this then there is like a trying to kind of like appeal maybe like bargain and then there is maybe something like whatever i don't remember the steps but it's so you know um reminds me of that of this process yeah yeah very interesting we should, we, we're gonna we should definitely talk more about that but okay let's mm -hmm. jump in here um Gigi, who said hi to us from florida says uh we can start here actually i'm a 30 year old female I go to bed around 10 p.m., but waking up 4 or 5 a.m. And I have a question. Is six to seven hours of sleep normal? How do I know if I've had enough sleep? I've had issues for a while, but have been working on it thanks to your videos. So firstly, it seems like things have been getting a little easier, which is so nice to hear, of course. And uh, the question is, okay, is six to seven hours of sleep normal? And how do I know if I've had enough sleep? What, what, uh, what do you uh, think when you hear those uh, questions? Yeah, I would say, to me, at least, like, how do I know how I had enough sleep? I don't really think about sleep itself. So it's more like night is over and I'm like on to the next day. So and I and I can just, you know, I go into it and then. But even even if I don't feel so much energy, I still. So it's like it's a very I would say in that question, there is already kind of like some sort of like um, um, the desire to quantify this. You know, to know like whether I'm reaching certain standards. Well, in reality, there are no standards. There's no uh, right amount of sleep. So six, seven hours can be just great amount for like of hours for some person, and for uh, for other it could be five hours, right? Or for some it could be eight hours. So it's like really the each person has their own normal. And if you feel like, uh, you know. I don't know if, if if there is no this kind of like desire to um, to change or or to to you know I, I, to me it's kind of a little bit kind of tricky to answer this question really because it there's just there there is no like right like metric to say that this is enough. I don't yeah, know. exactly. Exactly. I think I think another way to say what you're saying is that if somebody asks, "How do I know if I have enough sleep?" and somebody answers, "Well," This is how you know. Well, then that's tricky because then it makes the assumption that, oh, uh, I should, uh, you know, 
I should be making sure I have enough sleep. And if I don't like it, it like if, if any way you answer that question, it could be an invitation to like, to like uh, making that connection that how I feel depends on my sleep. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I would, I would maybe inquire um, into the, the source of that question. Who, what part of the brain wants to know that? And for what reason? Because if the reason to get some sort of like, you know, level of control over situation, that could be the source of that inner mm, disturbance, like this conflict with this. Because in reality, I, you know, some like I, I have days when I, I don't feel like I, I would sleep extra, you know, because I kind of like feel sleepy and I had to wake up early. But that's okay. You know, that's one of the experiences, right? And some days I, I, you know, I sleep until I feel refreshed or whatever, like until I feel like, okay, I had enough and that's it. So there is no like, there's no obsession. There's no like always trying to have like, you know, uh, enough sleep because sometimes life circumstances can be such that there is, you know, sometimes we might not have like, um, we wish we could have slept more, let's say. Yeah, yeah but yeah. it's also okay. So I don't know if that makes sense for you. No, it makes total sense. Uh, and um, and just, you know, uh, just to add one thing that is kind of different from this uh, kind of deeper discussion is, you know, if you look at data, uh, and there's actually a lot of data on this, like when you do like EEG measuring and, and objectively measures people's sleep and, and you take like, you know, hundreds of people, you see that the the average amount of like objective sleep for humans, adult humans is typically like six, six, six hours, 20 minutes, but there's of course a variation in that. But I think uh, the idea that we should sleep eight hours is, is debunked at this point. And also one more little thing on this topic is that even if, you know, we, we are all different and we tend to sleep a certain amount, uh, you know, some people tend to sleep more than others. There's also night to night variation. It's not like we eat the exact same amount of calories every, every day. It's same with sleep. Sometimes sleep less, sometimes more depends, you know? So, yeah. um, Absolutely. So uh, yeah, let's let's uh, hope that was helpful to Gigi, and let's let's look at another one here from Brigida, who's here and says, "Thank you for your work anytime. So glad you found it. What do you do if speed bumps come back after some progress? I say to myself, okay, it's just a speed bump. It'll go away. I'm okay. I'm just hyper aroused. Is that good enough? Thank you. Very nice question. What do you think when we hear this, uh, yeah. Alina? I think." Um... I mean, of course, like meeting like speed bump and being okay, like with a speed bump and knowing that it will eventually end is definitely helpful. But again, if we make it a condition or or if we set it as some sort of like, okay, this is my strategy, how I'm going to approach my speed bumps, and then this should be enough for the speed bump to end, then we obviously have some sort of agenda of controlling that speed bump, which again, like it can be um, play, it can play out in a way that we will do everything technically right. But this underlying desire to actually, I don't want to meet speed bump is what can create this situation when we did everything right, but then, you know, we didn't, or the speed bump, it keeps happening and happening and happening. And then we are questioning ourselves, what is it going wrong and so on and so on. So I would say that really um, in investigating the relationship with, with the speed bump, like whether it is something that considered to be an enemy or something that shouldn't be on our journey, which it's it's not like that because it's like it's a normal part of the process. But also um, anything that arises during a speed bump is also um, a subject to acceptance, meaning that admitting that we are afraid of a speed bump is also acceptance. Like I accept that I'm afraid of a speed bump or let's say accept or accepting our desires regarding our sleep. Let's say I accept that I want to sleep well during speed bump. 
right? So there is not, it's not just um, being okay with the external outcome, something that we don't have control over, but also, you know, accepting even ourselves, like our responses to it, that also can reduce so much friction on the way because we don't feel obliged to always feel good about something. We also can, you know, it's it's okay to not be okay or so, things like that. So I would just introduce that kind of like acceptance, acceptance towards yourself, because that's the ultimate kindness, self-kindness principle that is very helpful on this journey. 100%. And nothing to add except, uh, what was I going to say? Is that good enough? Thank you. I, I would I would just say, you, you just you kind of, this kind of spin off on my mind, my mind was just that, um, you know, we often look like some sometimes. Well, I heard I heard like actually I read in Sasha Stevens' book that she she often got the question like, "Am I doing things right or am I doing things wrong?" And she she would say that you know when people say, "Am I doing things wrong?" She'd say, "Well, there's one thing you're doing wrong, and that's thinking that you can do something wrong because what we want peaceful sleep and it has no requirements. So just knowing mm-hmm. that can take a lot of away a lot of pressure. And I read in what you said, Brigitte, a lot of kind of like understanding, a lot of self kindness. And that is always really, really helpful. So I hope that helped. Let's look at some more questions. Uh, here we have, um, let's see. This is Imke. I'm, I'm going to read this at Imke. That might be totally wrong. But after some sleepless nights, I often struggle to believe that eventually sleep will take over. Is it true that sleep eventually becomes stronger than anxiety and therefore will happen eventually? Another really nice question. I mean, insightful, like, uh, mm-hmm. question. And I, I can just, I can go first here mm-hmm. and say that two things come to my mind uh, when I read this. And one is on the point of, like, I often struggle to believe. And then one, like, is it true that sleep eventually happens? So I would say this, that, yes, is it, tr- it, it is true that sleep always happens. Like, it will always happen. It's just like a biological rule you know we eventually when we haven't slept for a long time like that sleep drive is, is going to be strong and even if we're super anxious and super hyper aroused sleep will happen now so now that said like uh you know our good friend and and, and insomnia coach martin read off i i've heard him he's often quoted saying like um sleep drive always wins and it's true in a sense that sleep drive always kicks in and sleep always happens uh but when we think of it as like a competition between like sleep driving and anxiety, it can be tricky because we're, you know, portraying this kind of internal battle between like, oh, sleep drive has to win over anxiety. I have to create more sleep drive. So it conquers the anxiety, which can, you know, keep us in the state of like, in a, there's a fight, there's a battle that has to be maintained. When in reality is like, when we abandon the battle, when we don't no longer try to obtain sleep drive to conquer anxiety, then like the whole game is over. There is no anxiety around, no hop arousal around it. So mm-hmm. I think, it can be helpful to know that yes, sleep will always happen. Like you, you can't go wrong there; it will always happen. But it, it's again, it's it's uh, abandoning a struggle really really helps. And and now speaking to the first one, I have a hard time believing. Well, what I often say when when I hear that is that, you know, the fundamental truth is that what we want, which is peaceful sleep, peace of mind, it actually requ- it doesn't have any requirements. It doesn't even require us to believe in it, you know? So if, yeah. you, if you're trying to convince yourself that I have to believe this for it to happen, that's another kind of inner struggle, right? But when we see that I don't have to believe, I don't have to be optimistic or hopeful, 
course it feels nice to be hopeful and optimistic. I'm, I'm happy when somebody says I feel hopeful, but it's no requirement. And we're no longer trying to kind of force ourselves to believe then again, what we, what we want just happens by itself. So yeah, those are my thoughts that came up uh, here, but uh, yeah, what are your thoughts on it? No, I totally agree. I totally, this, the first thing that came to my mind, exactly, we don't need to believe for our body to produce sleep. That's the thing. I mean, it might feel good like to, like, yeah, I believe in that, but even like, even belief, like even if we acquire this belief, sometimes it can turn into expectation or like demand, like, okay, now I'm, I'm really believing into this and I'm, you know, and that becomes a pressure, right? It's like, it's like um, when we create a, a requirement for ourselves or a condition that um, as long as I am uh, anxious, I cannot sleep. And therefore, when I'm calm, then I should sleep. So that usually happens that once the person actually feels calm, and the pressure on to sleep grows and happens. And, and paradoxical situation happens where they are peaceful. They don't worry about anything. And yet they are awake. So this is like this create like there is there is no belief needed. There's I like that you said that there is like no requirements, and that's what I mean by uh, when I say like also like sleep is unconditional and recovery is unconditional. Right. Actually, we don't have to get rid of anxiety to recover. We don't have to get rid of fear to recover. We don't get uh, we don't need to get rid of sleep thoughts to recover. Like nothing. Whatever we feel like, oh, I'm I'm not recovering because I still have this. Just simply like just remind yourself that is not needed for recovery to happen actually and and suddenly when we realize that this is not an obstacle it is a part of recovery then suddenly being with that thing that we've once thought as an enemy becomes easier we just like we just feel better or like or it it, it feels more we have more capacity to be with that which paradoxically makes the whole like thing easier because we are not fighting with ourselves yeah that was really nice and, and uh, unconditional in that regard, in the way you presented that. Very, very nice. Yeah, it's unconditional. Very, very nice. All right. Well, let's conclude there. Um, we um, actually got a lot of questions. They came in a little late, but uh, hopefully uh, next time, uh, you know, anyone out there, like, get your questions in quickly. We can answer more of them. But we'll conclude here. We'll um, look forward to having you back real soon, and, and we'll go from there. Yeah. Okay. okay. Thank Bye. you. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.